It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the show. My name's Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Glad you're with us today. It is a Thursday, back from a one-day hiatus. I put it out on Twitter yesterday that there was not going to be a show. Had high school basketball play-by-play duties at the state tournament. So initially, I was scheduled to do the two Class 3A games at 2 and 4 o'clock. Podcast would have still been on. But I get a call two days ago, one day before the game, and basically the person who was supposed to do the 4A games got strep. So I get tossed into the first 4A game, Champlin Park, the undefeated number one team in Minnesota, taking on Chaska. Lower bowl of Target Center, very full. Yours truly partnered with Khaled Elamine, the former Minneapolis North Star. And what do you know? It turns into the game of the day, maybe the game of the tournament, and one of the craziest shots made since Blake Hoffarber. Sam Deboy, a miracle heave from about 28 feet at the buzzer to beat Chaska. Definitely one of the favorite moments of my career. It's amazing that I get to be associated with that play. I certainly had the most minor role in the whole saga. Got to credit the Rebels. Got to credit Sam Dubois. I'm a very small part of it, but it was cool to be there next to Khaled and call something that will be immortalized. So that's what I was doing yesterday. Hope you can forgive me. We'll try to make up for it with a good show today. Three items I want to get to, including what would it be like if Adrian Peterson went to the Packers? That's coming up in a few minutes. First item of note, Latavius Murray had surgery yesterday. For about three seconds, this was terrifying. Release comes in from the Vikings, an unexpected release. Nobody knew that Latavius Murray was going to have surgery. Big bold letters, statement from the Minnesota Vikings regarding Latavius Murray's surgery. And the initial thought is, oh no, he broke his leg paintballing. He slammed his hand in the door. He busted a knee playing pickup hoops. Fortunately for the Vikings, that's not the case. Here's the statement. Latavius Murray had successful ankle surgery today. The surgery was performed by Dr. Bob Anderson in Charlotte, North Carolina. We, being the Vikings, were aware of the required surgery prior to signing Latavius on March 16. Latavius is expected to fully recover and be available for training camp. So here's what we can take away from that. Murray may not be a part of OTAs. 
if the recovery will take until training camp, which is not explicitly stated when he will be recovered. But with OTAs coming up in less than three months, there's a good chance that Murray off of ankle surgery will not be seen wearing purple until training camp. According to Vikings.com, it appears like it was a minor cleanup to remove bone chips, with which bothered him most of last season. If you look back at the injury reports for Murray, he was questionable just about every week with an ankle issue, but he didn't really miss much time. As far as injury history goes, Murray had turf toe that caused him to miss some time last year. That seemed to clear up, though, as the season went on. The lower body has been susceptible for Murray. Ankle and toe last year. His rookie season, he fractured his ankle and missed the entire year. Also had a foot sprain prior to that. He also tore his ACL in 2009, and that was playing pickup basketball. So you've got one major injury in there and a lot of minor injuries. But if you look at the tail of the tape of his last three years in the league, he's played in all but three games. That's still pretty good. And if the Vikings get 14 or more games out of Murray this year, if the Vikings get 14 or more games out of Murray this year, that would be successful. Moving on to another offseason note, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer worked out Michigan State defensive tackle Malik McDowell at his pro day yesterday. This is interesting. McDowell is a projected first-round pick, though he does have some character issues, primarily with work ethic. The Vikings do not possess a first-round pick, which means that if they're going after McDowell, either they believe he's going to fall in the draft, they think they know something we don't, or they're going to trade up. To my eye, that would be a steep price for an area that you are already deep at. And maybe it's nothing. These coaches and GMs interview a ton of players in the offseason, many of whom never wind up wearing purple. But when you've got Linval Joseph, Shamar Stephan, Tom Johnson coming off injury, but probably going to be back at some point, Dayton Jones likely moving inside, it would be surprising for the Vikings to trade up to take a defensive tackle, not exactly an area of need, and give up that much draft capital, especially for a guy who has potentially some character issues. McDowell has been called out by scouts for displaying lack of effort, not playing through fatigue, quitting on plays. They also made a lot about him not being named a team captain, which I don't buy into quite as much. You can only have so many captains on a team. And you don't have to be a captain to be talented. But lack of effort is certainly a valid concern. And it raises questions in my mind of why the Vikings would potentially want to bring in someone as Sharif Floyd insurance if they have similar problems to Sharif Floyd. McDowell also has an injury history. Same with Sharif. If he has effort issues, well, Sharif does somewhat as well. And nothing infuriates Mike Zimmer more than lack of effort and injuries, especially nagging repetitive injuries. So if you're the Vikings and you're trading up to get somebody who may have these issues, that's a lot to give up at an area that's not really of need, at least in this moment. I don't blame the Vikings for wanting to build depth on the defensive line just because there's so much age right now. The Vikings are getting old on the D-line. Except for Shamar Stephan, you look at Tom Johnson, Brian Robinson, Everson Griffin's actually beginning to, to get older, even though he hasn't started to decline. Linval Joseph still has a few good years left. But the pipeline is going to dry up. 
It may not be this year or the next, but three years down the road, the Vikings will need a youth movement on that defensive line. Even if Daniil Hunter continues to be a stud, they'll still need that youth movement. So you may as well start building it. I'm just not sure you want to go first round, defensive tackle, give up draft capital to get it. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash So Adrian Peterson is still a free agent. We're now two weeks into free agency, and Adrian is still looking for a home. He turned 32 two days ago. And there is rumor that the Green Bay Packers could still be interested. That's been floating out there for a long time. Green Bay just did sign Kristen Michael as their second back next to Ty Montgomery. Montgomery and Michael, their only two backs on the roster, Is that their plan going into next year? I can't imagine that's it. They're probably going to add another piece. If the reported interest from Green Bay is true, I wonder if there's interest on Adrian's side. The longer he gets into free agency, I would say, the more willing he gets to go anywhere. I think Adrian is really suffering from this talented running back draft class. We've talked about it on this show before. It's the reason why the Vikings were probably so content to let him go. It's also the reason why so many other teams are not going to go after Adrian when they know they could probably get a cheaper running back who's very talented with a high upside late in this draft. There's also an element from Adrian's point of view. Maybe he's biding his time to make sure he sees what the market value really is. Maybe he's waiting to see what comparable running backs are receiving. The closest doppelganger right now, and it's really not that close, is Danny Woodhead, who's the same age as Adrian, but really not the same player. He made just under $3 million per year on a three-year deal in Baltimore. But maybe Adrian wants to see what Jamal Charles will make. D'Angelo Williams, LeGarrette Blunt, 30-plus-year-old running backs who would at least set some sort of standard. If Adrian sees them receive $3 million, he comes out and says, I'm Adrian Peterson, Look at my track record. I deserve at least a million dollars more. Is that exactly how it's going to work out? I don't know if it's that simple. But for a prideful guy like Adrian, that could be his thought process. He's definitely slow playing it here. And maybe the longer he waits, maybe the more he says, it's not about the money anymore. What's the difference between three and four million? I'm a multi-multi-millionaire. I'm just going to go to the place where I can win. And that might lead him closer to Green Bay. It begs the question, how would this compare to Favre leaving Green Bay and coming to Minnesota? I think there are some differences. Favre leaving Green Bay and then going to New York his first year, he was coming off one of his best seasons. They had made the NFC Championship game. And even after leaving New York, where he injured his shoulder, He was still a pretty hot commodity. People wanted Favre, and he chose to go to Minnesota. An extra slap in the face. Contrast that to Adrian's last season. The Vikings did not have a good year, nor did Adrian. He barely played, 
and the Vikings didn't make the playoffs. It's a little different with the running back. Adrian's role in his new home will be pretty reduced, and very rarely will he have an impact, I think, on the outcome of games. Aaron Rodgers is the one who's controlling most of those outcomes. It's not the same when you have a running back who maybe contributes 80 to 100 yards, but he doesn't have the ball in his hands every single play like Brett Favre did here in Minnesota. The reason Brett Favre went down in so much infamy, even beyond the fact that he simply decided to come to Minnesota, was because of his success. That added to the mystique. It added to the divisiveness. If he had come to Minnesota and had a paltry or moribund season, the vitriol would not be the same. I think he would have seeked forgiveness from Green Bay much sooner. I think they would have given it to him much sooner. But because he went out there and he blew up the league and he torched Green Bay twice, that increased the vitriol. And that's really the only scenario in which I think Vikings fans would be bitter with Adrian if he went to Green Bay, is if he went out there and hearkened back to 2012 and he rushed for a league high. If Green Bay was successful because of Adrian, then people might be upset. But I don't think there's going to be jersey burnings if Adrian Peterson decides to go to Green Bay. After the season he had and his perception of value going down in the public eye, I just don't think it would have the same effect. And I think the Vikings fan base understands that. It's tough sometimes on Twitter because you get in this echo chamber and you see the same opinions over and over. But it seems like the majority of people, while they may miss Adrian, they understand that it was time to move on. I promised three items today here on Lockdown Vikings. How about a fourth bonus item, overtime? Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, says that he's trying to reduce commercial breaks. All right. That's fantastic news. Goodell says that the commercial break, followed by a kickoff, followed by a commercial break, quote, drives me crazy. The NFL is planning on going from five or six commercial breaks per quarter down to four. They're just going to be slightly longer. So commercial time will be equal in terms of total seconds, but the frequency of the breaks will go down, which is terrific. It interrupts the flow of the game. It makes you turn the channel, makes you walk away. You lose your connection to the game if you get in those stretches where you have commercial, two plays, commercial. Sort of like in the NCAA tournament when the coach calls a timeout and then 30 seconds later you have a media timeout. Those are the worst. But good for the NFL for coming up with a rare good idea. They haven't always had the best thoughts. Lots of times their legislation in the offseason makes the game staler, less fun. This would make it more interesting. Football and baseball, both trying to do the same things right now. They're trying to reduce times of games and increase pace of play. We are not a very patient generation. We are easily distracted. And things in excess of three hours oftentimes kill our attention span. It's easier to stay with football than it is with baseball because it's only once a week. But when is a reduction in commercials a bad thing? Never. Good move by Goodell. Good move by the NFL. That is our show for today, this Thursday edition of Locked on Vikings. You can advertise on the show. Just email LockedOnVikings at gmail.com. Studies actually show that podcast audiences are 65% more receptive to podcast ads than other platforms. 
Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Locked on Vikings, Locked on Podcast Network. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.